Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, is Joel Edmondson on the move with the Ivan Provorov trade finalized? Is Carter Hart a potential Montreal Canadian by the end of summer? And we have even more of your mailbag questions inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 861 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NHL, and when you enter promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti tumbler with every order. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast here at Locked On Canadians, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you find your daily podcast whether that be Google, Apple, Spotify, your Sirius XM station, or if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any of the fun. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba, who I had the pleasure of catching up on all the chaos that happened in the hockey world this afternoon. Laura, how are you doing on what is a very uh, smoky uh, Tuesday evening here in Buffalo? It's also pretty smoky here. Um, it's uh, We're hoping for the rain to come and wash it all away, but the air quality hasn't been all that great in Montreal the last few days. Uh, also, I was in, in meetings, and then I walked out of the, the, the meetings, and apparently we have to redo parts of our mock draft that's coming up uh, on Lockdown. Uh, on the Lockdown Podcast Network for the for the NHL channel. Uh, lots of news happened, and a lot of it didn't really have anything to do with the Montreal Canadiens, but could affect the future of the Montreal Canadiens. And I think, you know, it was a rapid catch up. I was fully expecting for Scott to say there was a major trade after I, I was literally off the grid for like four hours in a row. And then I, I came out and honestly, I think that this kind of messes up the market all over again. I feel like there was like not really a market and you were trading for peanuts, and now that's not the case anymore, thanks to the Philadelphia Flyers, the Los Angeles Kings, I believe, and the Columbus Blue Jackets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the today was Danny Briere as Flyers GM, quite frankly, knocking it out of the park. We will leave locked on Flyers to discuss the finer points of why this is. But at the end of the day, they had traded Ivan Provorov, to the Columbus Blue Jackets, gotten a first, a second, and then another second-round pick from L.A. for taking Cal Peterson's contract and also getting Helga Granz and, I believe, Sean Walker in all of this. And they jettisoned a player that was not performing very well, was not a very good possession player, that was probably getting paid more than they wanted to, and started their retooling, rebuild, whatever we want to call it, in earnest here. It's a stunningly good move here. And I look at this and go, okay, if Ivan Provorov gets a first, a second, a second, and yeah, there's some money being moved around and everything, but it's an incredibly good deal for uh, the Flyers there. And I'm just trying to bring up, he got traded to, where is Columbus on here? There they are. Let me take a look there. 
Ivan Provorov is signed at $4.725 million for this season and next season. Nick, this season being 2023-2024. Joel Edmondson, one less year, less money, Stanley Cup title to his name. I can't imagine a world where Joel Edmondson now is not traded this summer. I look at that deal and I can't remember which insider said this. I apologize. I don't have the tweet in front of me that with a flat cap GMs want to be more aggressive now shed some of their contracts so they can spend more when the cap goes up. Joel Edmondson, I don't think is long for this. And I, for the Canadians that is, and I think we're going to see a lot of action. GMs are all in one place. They're in Buffalo or nearby coming in for the combine. These things always happen when GMs are these close together. And for those of you who are not watching the podcast but listening, I'm holding my two index fingers really, really close together here because podcasting is a visual medium. I it's It feels weird to be like, how does this affect the Canadians? But like this actually does kind of affect the Canadians market there. I, I feel like Joel Edmondson is not long for this, not because he wasn't a good player for this team, but because the market is rich for teams to be like, just take our picks and we will take players at this point. And that's exactly it. Like, I think, I think the market now has been set in such a way that GMs are going to have to start making moves. Like they're going to have to start waking up, making their calls and things like that. Uh, you recall the infamous group chat uh, that the uh, that the <laughs> NHL GMs are all part of. Uh, I think I think you have to strike while the iron is hot because what happens is like some of these things are often they're they're either contagious or they freeze the market entirely. Like they either heat things up and people are like, all right, I got to get my I got to move my players out or I got to I got to ship players in or you know I got to I got to stock up on picks or whatever and I got to do it before the other guys do it. Uh, and I think that that's one thing, or sometimes something happens where like somebody that is rumored to be traded is off the market. Lots of people were in on it. And then now everybody has to go back and think of their plan B. Like, it's not like it's the NHL trade deadline. So there's a little bit more time for people to go back and think. Um, but I think in this case, it's the opposite, just solely because the draft is coming up. The GMs are going to be in the same area in the same city for quite some time. Uh, they do show up before the draft. They'll, they'll spend like about a week or so there. Um, and there's going to be a lot of conversations. I think things are going to heat up. And if you're Kent Hughes, like we've seen it before, you know, he did Pizzetta, he did Cole Caulfield, you know that there's going to be a bunch of moves coming. Uh, and that to me just means that this is almost certainly the time for him to strike while, while the iron is hot. We had talked in the, the Caulfield extension episode, which by the way, Cole Caulfield is signed for eight years. So that's super cool. Is that, Kent Hughes does a lot of things in rapid fire order here. And in our next segment, we have a little bit more to talk about in relation to the Flyers today, making the news and how it relates to the Canadians. It feels like some he's cooking up something here. He's got the Caulfield extension out of the way. He knows what kind of cap space he has to work with. The draft is, as of right now, uh, just about three weeks away, if I have my dates correct on that. So... He he the the wheels are in motion here. Kent Hughes doesn't seem like a guy who does things without a plan here. And I absolutely think he's got something cooked up here. We will find out whether something happens at the combine, which would be absolutely hilarious. Something is cooking here. And I think Provorov getting what he got. I'm not saying Kent Hughes has to get a first, a second, a second for Joel Edmondson. Because if he does, oh my God, that's 
I you could be Joel Edmondson's biggest fan for the Canadians. That is just insane return for that. I'm just really curious what the deal looks like. I'm still thinking he's angling for a first round pick and we see teams are willing to part with their first round picks in this draft for guys who maybe aren't as good as the amount they required for. It's going to be a crazy couple of weeks here in Montreal. And I don't think it's going to slow down here at all because Carter Hart's name was also brought up in the Philadelphia trade situation and everything else here. Is he coming to Montreal? Is he not coming to Montreal? Does he even fit in the Montreal Canadiens organization in the goaltending hierarchy? We'll discuss that more coming up next. But first, as I said off the top of the show, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. If you want shorts that make you look good and are as comfortable as can be, you need Bird Dogs. They are a stretch khaki short designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They look great. Warm wine tasting a couple weekends ago. Absolutely phenomenal. They have anti-sweat wicking fabric. Keeps you cool and dry even when the temperatures start to rise up there. So much better than the traditional cotton shorts or anything else. I could not be happier with my pair. And if you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL, you will get a free Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. Trust me, you're not going to even want to take these shorts off at the end of the day. We promise you that. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. And remember, please make sure you're following along with us. We have the NHL Draft Combine this weekend. I will be there in Buffalo. We are going to have David St. Louis from Elite Prospects on next week. We are hammering down a date to bring him on. And then Friday, I believe it is the 16th or the 17th. I'm not, I think it's the 16th. We will have a full live stream with one of our very best guests. Come in, hang out, ask draft questions. Have a good time the week before the draft. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, following us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians to do that. Continuing with the Flyers on this Montreal Canadiens podcast here is that they completed the Ivan Provorov three-way deal here. And the immediate news following that is we are also hearing news that a Carter Hart deal may be in the pro- in process, in the works, whatever you want to call it here. And my first thought was, oh, they're signing him to an extension. No, it is Carter Hart is likely being moved out of Philadelphia, whether that was a personal request of his, if that's just Daniel Briere and Keith, Keith Jones, Keith Jones. Yes, I couldn't, I, I don't know why I didn't think that was the right name. I almost called him Keith Moon, but he was the now deceased drummer for the who, and that's not the right thing. I don't know what side of this is pushing that deal forward a little bit. But the name that immediately popped up in terms of teams was Montreal. And I'm wondering if that is just because do they move Jake Allen, move Caden Primo in this deal or Jake Allen in this deal, and you run a Carter Hart, Samuel Montembo tandem. We don't even know what the asking price is. Is it even worth the asking price? I, I get why. And I can see the reasoning why. I'm just not totally sold on this. And Laura, we were talking before the show. Uh, you didn't seem 100% sold on the ideal of Carter Hart to Montreal either. I just don't think they need him, to be honest. Because I don't think that Carter Hart 
is as advertised. I don't think that he's the goalie of the future. I don't think he's that good, to be honest. I, I thought he had, he showed so much promise, but he's been so inconsistent. And he, in fact, he tanked. Didn't he tank a, a full half season for the Philadelphia Flyers? Like, I just, I don't know if it's the fact that he's just like, he was a Flyers goalie and that just is a curse. I, I honestly don't know, but like he had so much promise. I want to say the Nick Suzuki pat on the head broke him. But I don't think that that's it. I just think he's just not that great a goalie. So why would the Canadians want to give anything up for him? And I think Samuel Montembeau, as a lot of our listeners like to point out, has more than proved himself to be capable of being the starter next year with adequate backup. And we don't know who the adequate backup is going to be at this point. I just I just don't think it's Carter Hart. Like Carter Hart is going to go somewhere to be a starting goalie. And I really don't trust that guy unless the Canadians want to continue their tank but have a body and goal. Like that's the only reason I could think of for them to get him. Cause I don't think his game is fixable. Like I think he's just, he's eh. I, I look at Carter Hart here and I have his stats pulled up on elite prospects. Micah Blake McCarty did a chart on them and that flyers fans wanted a goalie of a future in Carter Hart. And he looked like that at first. And it turns out he's just slightly above league average, which is not terrible. Uh, since joining the professional ranks, the Flyers in 31 games this first year, 917 save percentage, 16 wins. Uh, second full year with the Flyers, 914 save percentage, 24 wins. 2020-2021, 877 save percentage, 9 wins in 27 games. And then next year, 905, 13 wins, 907, 22 wins last season. He is currently an upgrade on what Jake Allen is but the Canadians were also not a good team. So it's really hard to figure out what exactly Jake Allen is supposed to be. Cause we've seen Jake Allen behind Carey price be a very good goalie. He's also been injured the past two years. Samuel Montembeau also put up pretty solid numbers last year and seems to be the incumbent starter here. I would be okay with a Montembeau heart tandem here they're young enough that they fit the window of the canadians here and that they can split that workload i think get some good results out of that my concern is what is the asking price for carter hart here because i he is signed through next season i believe at uh 3.9 million dollars per year so he has one more year left after that if you trade for him and let's say he goes off next year, you know, 9-15 save percentage, 30 wins for the Canadians, which, one, they're making the playoffs then. Man's going to want to get paid. Do you as the Montreal Canadiens have the cap space to make that work? Or do you want to give up the assets? Unless the Flyers are just selling extremely low. And then I think maybe you walk away from that. If the price is right, I'm okay with it. Which I guess, Laura, if it was offered to you, what is your line in the sand here that you're not going over? Is it a first round pick? Is it, you know, I'm not even going to say like a Mashar, like Philip Mashar or no. Owen Beck. No. Is that too much? No, it's too much. Uh, I would, I would, I would give a pick, I think, because a pick is more of an unknown. Uh, also, definitely not the fifth pick, <laughs> but um, I would also, I would, I would, I would do a pick in a body. Uh, somebody you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get rid of that that isn't completely valueless. Uh, so, you know, I I don't think anybody's gonna want to trade for Yoel Armia, but I think you could sell him a, a Mike Hoffman. <laughs> and that's it's such a weird spot because it's like, yeah, 
This is a goalie that would potentially be an upgrade. But the thing is, I look at this and go, you have Jake Allen right now, who should be back and healthy next year, playing the 1B to Samuel Montembeau's 1A. You also have Caden Primo, who is caught in limbo that we're not sure if he's going to clear waivers without being claimed. Jakob Dobish, Joe Verbatic in the AHL, in the ECHL. Carter Hart will be in the NHL, and you're assuming you're running Montembeau Hart. What do you do with Jake Allen, and what do you do with Caden Primo? Cal Peterson is likely going to be the starting goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers now. Do you trade them? Caden Primo, which, you know, familial ties. The Canadians famously traded with the Flyers for the pick that they used to take Caden Primo in his draft class. It's then, you know, Caden Primo going to play for the Flyers is an intense amount of pressure. Roster-wise, it's a lot of shuffling that unless Kent Hughes has a bunch of things in place already, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. I'm not, again, I'm not opposed to the idea of it. I'm just trying to make the logistics work, and it seems like it just creates more work for Kent Hughes at a time where he's probably trying to focus on the draft and doesn't want to worry about trading goalies, and especially trading goalies at low, low value. And normally we would have kind of just been like, ah, this is speculation, but it was Marco Antoine Godin of The Athletic who pointed out there's nothing imminent on a Carter Hart trade right now, which, okay, great. It's not often that I see Godin or someone of that stature in the Canadians media media talking about that if there wasn't some smoke to the Carter Hart to Montreal fire. And who knows? It's been quiet since then. Uh, We knew it was going to be after that. Nothing was expected to get done today, but now it is on the tip of everyone's tongue there. Uh, So we will keep you posted on that with whatever else comes along. We do have some leftover mailbag questions that we were not able to get to uh, in our previous episodes. So we are going to be diving into those coming up next. But first, it is the NBA Finals, and you can make a fast break with FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. And that's because right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It's super safe and secure. You get paid out instantly, and there's great promotions every day. Same game parlays. Who's going to drain the most threes, money's line? All the things that you look for when you are looking to place a bet on sports. And there's no better place to get in on the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and us here at LockedOn. And as always, if you are going to bet on sports, please gamble responsibly. Normally, we do the mailbag on Friday. We had a lot of other questions. Then we had a Cole Caulfield signing and a whole bunch of other things happen. So we had to save some of those mailbag questions for later on this week. My fantastic co-host has a few of them there. Laura, where do we want to start with our leftover mailbag questions today? So somebody asked a question about uh, Josh Anderson because we had talked, um, I had talked the, earlier last week with uh, Jay Foster of Lockdown Blue Jackets, who we love. Hi, Jay. Um, the question is from Andrew on YouTube. You guys were talking about possible trade destinations for Josh Anderson, and I was wondering, why not trade him to Carolina? Seems like a player that could help Carolina immediately, as well as help 
crush any possible feuds from our old management group. So here's the thing about Josh Anderson. There's a very specific type of management group that will go for Josh Anderson. I do not think a group backed by Eric Tulski and his group of data scientists will be one of those teams unless Don Waddell or the ownership, Tom Dundon, completely overrules uh, Eric Tulski in that. There is There are teams out there. I think a team like Carolina is going to be interested in probably not would be interested more in a player like a Mike Matheson, honestly, than a player like Josh Anderson, which duh, makes sense. If they can get something out of that great. I just don't see Carolina being that team here. I think a team like the Islanders with Lou Lamarillo still at the helm, a team like the flames who are in kind of no man's land, uh, the Canucks as always, because it's the Canucks, uh, there are definite teams that I think will be interested. And I do not think they will trade Anderson in this conference unless they have no other choice because we know Josh Anderson loves his revenge series. And the last thing the Canadians probably want to do is be caught in the railroad tracks of that in the coming seasons here. I absolutely agree. I do like the idea though. Like, like if it weren't for all those other factors, like I think that, um, Andrew from YouTube would be right on the money. Uh, so we've got another question that was actually in response to Cole Caulfield being signed by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so this isn't from a last week mailback question. And again, there's a ton of them. So we're going to keep doing them until we get through all of them over the course of this week. Uh, this one comes from Neil on Twitter. Again, in response to Cole Caulfield being re-signed. As a free agent at the end of next season, who would you rather sign? Pierre-Luc Dubois? Or uh, Jonathan Marchessault. Marchessault is obviously older, but if you think you can win with him, maybe he helps more than a PLD would help. I'm taking PLD based on age alone, fitting the Canadians' uh, timeline for being a contender. Again, it's not that Jonathan Marchessault is not a good player. Jonathan Marchessault is a fantastic player. He is on the wrong side of 30. And if you consider the Canadians have this upcoming season, and the season after that, before they are expected to be like players in the playoffs, he'll be 34, almost 35 at that point. At that point, you worry about the declining side of things. Pierre-Luc Dubois being younger is starting to hit the middle of his prime there. And I think you can get the most out of that. I also think you probably don't have to pay as much, uh, potentially, even if it's short term. Marshall is probably looking for a one last big payday. Whether Vegas gives it to him or not remains to be seen. I, I I had thought about Jonathan Marshall before, and I can't remember who it is on the prize was talking about this when he was a Rangers prospect, then he was a Blue Jackets prospect, then he was a Lightning prospect, uh, Florida pro, uh, NHL player, and then famously was sent to Vegas in the expansion draft with Riley Smith to form part of their top line and is now beating Florida in the playoffs. He's someone who's been on a lot of smart people's radar for a long time. I think that time has passed, though, that unless it's a one- or two-year deal and you think it's going to get you over the hump, like, for sure, outside of that, I'm going to just – I've got to lean towards Pierre-Luc Dubois at this point and probably for uh, the foreseeable future in that regard. I think it's an intriguing question. I still would pick Dubois based on age, just like you would. Uh, he's, he's, he's really good. It's just like, you know, I think 
all are constantly talking about him and he's eventually going to sign elsewhere or the Canadians aren't even going to offer him a contract or even try to trade for him. Um, I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be something that we have to prepare ourselves for. All right. We got a, a point, not, not a question, a point, but I did want to bring it up. This was again in response to Cole Caulfield being signed. This is from the Beaver Queen on, on YouTube. Uh, no one should be paid more than the captain thing doesn't make sense because Suzuki makes $8 million, uh per year average. Guys like Michkov, etc. will need to make more. So I think it's not that nobody on the team can make more than Nick Suzuki. I think that if you are going to make Nick more than Nick Suzuki, you damn well better be bringing more than Nick Suzuki does to the table. I think that's the way that this is. So I think as talented as Cole Caulfield is and as many goals as he scores, he does not carry the same responsibilities as Nick Suzuki does. So if you're in that same tier with your Nick Suzuki and your Cole Caulfield and all of that, then you shouldn't be making more than Nick Suzuki, the captain, the center, everything else. But if you're in a tier above that, and again, like this is not, you know, like we're talking about like superstar level here. If you're in a tier above those two guys, then yeah, absolutely. You should make more than Nick Suzuki. It's just that if you're in the same tier as him, you have to be content with making not more than Nick Suzuki. I don't know if they'll ever like have somebody make equal amounts. I don't know if they'll ever have somebody make a little bit more, but I believe that like for me, the consideration is what caliber player you are. And I think Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield could prove me wrong. I'm not putting them in the superstar, uh, you know, stratosphere yet. I don't, that's not where I'm putting them. So it makes sense to me. But if there was a superstar potential, like, you know, we're talking about Mitch Cobb and people are talking about him being the next Ovechkin, like then you get paid more than Nick Suzuki when you are ready to, you know, to get into those prime years. And that's part of it is it's like, yeah, it's, it's thoughtful. It's, you know, it doesn't mean it had to happen. Had they paid Caulfield $8 million, you would have been like, yeah, that's still great. That's awesome. I love that. There's a thoughtfulness that goes in that. That is a respect between teammates. I think a little bit their best buds on and off the ice clearly. And no one's saying, yeah, you have to make less. I think it is a very nice gesture for this team. And it's a uh, show of companion companionship for the two of them here. And yeah, maybe Slavkovsky starts lighting it up this year, and next year, and they pay him a good chunk of money. Maybe they draft Will Smith or Mishkov and he comes out and they just light it up in their professional seasons here. Don't know. But it's it. I do understand the point. I, I don't think that, yeah, I do not think everyone has to make less than the captain. I don't think that has to be the case. It is nice while it still happens, though, because it makes the Canadians' contracts that much more affordable. Uh, Laura, do we have any more short questions or was that the end of the mailbag for today's show? That's the end of the mailbag for today's show. It doesn't mean it's the end of the mailbag forever. We still have a couple of questions that we're going to try and fit. We also have a couple of spicy trade proposals from our original spicy trade proposal sender. We also have a really, uh, absurd one that, uh, that somebody posted, uh, in our DMs. Somebody, uh, slid into our DMs with an absurd a bunch of trade proposals. So we're going to talk about all that stuff later on in this week uh, because we do not have a, enough time for any of the questions that are left. Yes. So as always, please make sure you are following us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow us at locked on Canadian at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Uh, follow Laura at the active stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you don't miss our live stream and everything else coming up. We will see you all next time.